The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special and to those of you watching the local angle on FanDuel TV. Sheil Kapadia here with Ben Solak and ace producer Cliff Augustine. The Eagles storm back from an 11 point deficit, first half deficit, to beat the Commanders 38 31. Still only have one loss on the season. Benny Souls, how are we feeling after that game? Best record in football. Do I, do I care that the Eagles have needed eight quarters to beat the Commanders twice? No, nah, don't worry about it. It's fine. One loss team. They're not making the playoffs. We beat everybody else. We're chilling. Uh, it is why yes, if Sam Howell played the Eagles every week, my goodness, the guy would be all pro. I mean, unbelievable. He's just slinging it out there. Uh, so yeah, Eagles are in a great spot here. Only one loss team in the NFL after the Chiefs lost, right? Is that right? That's right. Yes. Only one loss team in the NFL. Big showdown next week against the Dallas Cowboys at home, which is the key, right, Ben? Because, I mean, it doesn't really matter, like, what their deficit is with other people. They've got to have a gap on the Cowboys. Cowboys are a two-loss team. They come to the link next week. Uh, that's going to be a huge game. I mean, the juices are already flowing for that game. 
Yeah, there are there are three two loss teams right now in the NFC. One of them is the Cowboys, who the Eagles play this week, and others the Seahawks, who the Eagles play much later in the season. And then a third is the Lions, right? Like uh, uh, the Eagles are the clear class of the NFC. The Niners are absolutely like like uh, you know they're dealing with injury, and that's part of the reason why they're losing. But the Niners are definitely like reeling a little bit defensively. They're not playing the way they used to. Like there's no question that right now the top of the NFC is the Eagles. Period. And then you start talking about the second tier. Lose to the Cowboys, we we have a conversation. Beat the Cowboys, and you remind everybody who Daddy is, right? And so it's it's a it's, the Eagles are in total control of the conference, and with the way that they continue to win games, where like they'll start slow and then have the win like they did against the Commanders, or they'll not look great but they'll get a lead and then they'll just sit on it. Like they just they know a thousand different ways to win a football game, and this this week was a great example of that. I, I think that's right. I think that has to be one of the big takeaways coming off last week's Sunday night win over the Miami Dolphins, where the big takeaway was, man, this defense really can cook up some good stuff against the elite offenses in the NFL. That's what we saw against Miami. They hold them to 12 first downs. Well, it's the NFL. So it's weird. Things can happen. You can Your defense can look great against the Dolphins, and then your defense can look like Trash against the Washington Commanders. That happens. Now, can you withstand that when you have those games? I really think that's what separates maybe a tier one team from a tier two team. And the Eagles showed they could do that. So uh, that's a big takeaway. The other big takeaway here, Ben, which we got to, we have to get to right off the bat. I was almost thinking today watching the game, like we get, we've given this guy a lot of credit, but we haven't given him enough credit. And that's AJ Brown, who right now is having the best season it receiving season in Eagles franchise history. And I mean, potentially on pace to be an all time great season. The guy today, eight catches for 138 yards on eight targets. He's just putting the offense on his back at times. We've talked about it before. He's such a problem solver. Oh, you need something on third down. Here you go. Oh, scramble drill. He's got you. Oh, you need an explosive play downfield. Yep. He's got that red zone. Oh yeah, sure. He can, he can do that too. So five straight games with 125 plus five receiving yards. Six? Is it six? Six? Five was the record he tied last week, brother. We're at six. I can't keep up with the A.J. Brown record. Six straight with 125. A.J. Brown Brown in week one, (laughs) right? He had 79 yards. It was like, okay, like solid A.J. Brown day. We've got to get Goddard going. And then week two, he went six targets, four catches, 29 yards against the Vikings. He had that one like fourth quarter drive where he was really frustrated on the sideline. Since then, he has not had fewer than 127 (laughs) receiving yards in a game. Fellas, team, everybody listening, jot this down. Complain about the bad things in your life. (laughs) Tell others to fix them, and they will be fixed for you in unbelievable ways. Tell, I'm trying to think, yeah, what's the real, tell others to give you opportunity. I don't know, because he still has to do his part, but you're right. The squeaky wheel, definitely for wide receivers and NFL wide receivers, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. He's got 939 receiving yards already. We are. We just finished week eight, Ben Solak. He has 939 receiving yards. He set the Eagles franchise record last year with 1,496 receiving yards. He is on pace for 1,995 receiving yards. A 2K season for A.J. Brown is actually absolutely in play. And in this game, I thought all of his best traits were on full display. I mean, he has the absurd touchdown catch, the one-hander. When the Eagles are down 14-3, you're thinking, man, maybe they're in a little bit of trouble in this game. He gets you right back in it there. Then another sick contested catch to tie the game uh, at 17. Seven receiving first downs today on the eight targets. Uh, The guy's just an absolute beast. I mean, I feel like we don't over-discuss him because it's like, how many times can you say the guy's an absolute beast? But we might as well say it after a game like this. He is. 
Yeah, so Tyreek Hill right now for the Dolphins has 1,014 receiving yards through eight games. He is on record-setting pace. That's that's the fourth most of any receiver in the entire history of football. In the Super Bowl era, it is the most. And so A.J. Brown is behind him at 939, but on the all-time list, A.J. Brown's 13th. He's between two Isaac Bruce seasons. Like, this is, like, Isaac Bruce, like, there's Tyreek Hill's on here, Marvin Harrison's on here, Torrey Holt's on here. You're saying Hall through- of Fame receivers. Through that, eight weeks of the season, you're saying? Yeah, through eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So like we're not we're not like worrying about 16 game, 17 game season on pace, anything like that. No, this is just, hey, if he keeps this up, he's having a season that the Hall of Famers have. And yeah. He's in his mid-20s, Shiel. Sure. He's in his mid-20s. Sure. He's gonna keep doing this. This is not, yeah. oh, and like AJ Brown's peaking. Yeah, he'll be here for the next three seasons. And you said if Sam Howell plays the Eagles every week, AJ Brown plays the Commanders every week. No one's going to play corner again. He hates these guys, man. He hates these dudes. Like, they put Emmanuel Forbes back out on the field at one point. He that wasn't nice. That was yes. just mean. How you Very thoughtless from Ron Rivera. Yeah. The young rookie. going to scar <laughs> this guy for life. Uh, 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 Benjamin St. Juiced who's like a fine player. And then it's Kendall Fuller, right? Not Kyle Fuller. I always switch the Fullers. They're, they're my kryptonite. Pretty sure it's Kendall. Uh, then Kendall Fuller is just simply not big enough for this. Uh, it is ridiculous how offended AJ Brown is when people try to cover him. You would have thought he would have gotten used to it by now. He play receiver. People are going to do this a lot. Every time he's furious that the corner is there. Every time he has something to say, he should be flagged for taunting 12 times a game. I love him so much. Yeah, nice job by him actually holding in the the he did not get flagged for taunting in this game where yep. he would have been well within his rights to get flagged for taunting yep. uh, in this game with what he was doing to them. Did you see how many targets he had today, Shiel? Eight. You see how many receptions he had today? Eight. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> Eight. And seven of them go for a first down. Two for them go two of them go for touchdown. So uh yeah, I just felt like watching this game, there are a lot of directions we could go with our big picture thoughts. But uh, I wanted to start with AJ Brown. What else? What else is on your mind? There obviously was some bad, was uh some other good. What else was your big takeaway uh when you sit back and think about the Eagles 38-31 win? I think about I think about two turnovers inside of the Washington five. Like I like they this, could have this scored game. 50. They really could have yeah. scored 50 pretty easily. And th- this game was sweaty for a while because it was it was pretty much one score the whole way. Like once the Eagles bridged the gap, it was one score the whole way until they built the two score lead. And obviously the commander scored garbage time touchdown late. So the whole time you're feeling sweaty, the whole time you're like one random play, one bad bounce, one penalty, something might happen here. But really, when you look at it, like the Eagles were cruising on offense no matter what they wanted to do. Right. Like I was I, I was I was putting notes on my like on my Jalen Hurts pad and I was kind of like a t-chart like oh plus you know this throw minus that throw like you know plus this decision minus that decision and I looked down it was like 50 50 like good plays from Jalen Hurts bad from Jalen Hurts like a solid fine Jalen Hurts day and I look up and the broadcast is like Jalen Hurts has 400 or 300 passing yards and four touchdowns I was like wait what that's not what this says it was they, they were firing on all cylinders they were successful pretty much everywhere even in the first half in which like point wise they're down 10 to 17 and they go into the halftime oh they only have six rushing yards yeah but a lot of what they were doing was working they were just missing on a couple things situationally they had the turnovers you're pretty confident they were going to just fumble the ball consistently in the second half and then they did it. and that's where they really started to pour the points on uh obviously they fumbled to start the, the second half but then it's touchdown 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 uh for the next three drives and that's where you get the 31 to 24 lead defense really steps up but they were they were always comfortable on offense this there have been games this year that have been close and have been annoying and it's like all right the offense is disjointed and frustrating i know people are mad about like kenny gainwell usage but other than that like this was a great offensive day 
obviously they end with 38 points could have and should have even been better if they didn't have those those noisy turnovers there in the low red area great offensive day and they had to it was all the passing game i mean that you know yeah. the, like, like like you said not only were they not rushing the ball when they tried to rush the ball uh they weren't really successful doing that 22 carries for 59 yards they had 10 real possessions when you take out you know neil downs in halftime they scored touchdowns on five of them and you just said it they had two fumbles inside the three yard line. They could have had seven touchdowns on 10 possessions, which is like, you're talking about like, you know, one of the great offensive performances in franchise history. When you get there, Jalen Hurts goes 29 for 38, 319 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Ben, based on EPA per pass play, this was the best passing game of Jalen Hurts' career. Yeah. When you just look at EPA, I mean, because when you're hitting on explosive plays and you're not turning the ball over, remember the fumble uh, was on a run play. Um, that's what it's going to look like. You know, he was sacked twice on 41 dropbacks. Uh, he was hit four times. He was comfortable back there. The offensive line did his job once again. It wasn't just A.J. Brown. It was a lot of A.J. Brown, but Devontae Smith, Julio Jones, uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, everybody getting involved. So, uh, yeah, just a, a very impressive offensive showing for the Eagles. What's your uh, what's your gut telling you about this Cowboys matchup uh real quick before we uh before we take a break? Yeah, so best uh best game by EPA per dropback uh, of Hertz's career. I don't have Dak Prescott numbers in front of me. The last 6 7 quarters of Dak Prescott football, that Chargers game into this Rams game, it's about as good as Dak Prescott's looked, I'll tell you that. Uh these are two of the hottest quarterbacks playing football right now, coming into this matchup uh, against two defenses, which like the Eagles are a little bit more mercurial and then the Cowboys thing are a little bit more standard. But in general, two defenses who can generate turnovers on you, who can generate pressure on you. This is this is big boy football. All right? It's oh, a slugging. Uh, it, it's um, been looking forward to this one. This is going to be a really, really, really good game. I do not know where I lean right now. I think the Eagles are going to be favored, deserve to be favored at this point. They're, they're so successful winning. Uh, it's going to be a game to kind of rediscover the running game a little bit, which we'll talk about later. Um, but in general, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a four quarter game. I'm pumped. I'm so pumped. Hertz, Prescott, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Devontae Smith, Micah Parsons, Jalen. I mean, I could, I could go on for 10 more minutes. Uh, that game is going to have a lot of juice. There is no doubt about it. All right. Thank you to everyone watching on FanDuel TV. Remember, you can listen to the Ringers Philly special on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. To those of you listening right now, we'll be right back to talk more about the Eagles win over the Commanders. All right, we are back on the Ringers, Philly, Special Eagles, TCB, taking care of business uh, once again. Ses, I mean, seven and one. If I would, it's it's like it's. I always like to play that. If you would have told me before the season game, that's a great know? game. It's a great game. If you would have told me before the season, Eagles will be seven and one, and the only one loss team in the NFL after eight weeks. And you really probably still didn't feel like they were you know, peaking yet or playing their best football. Everybody signs up for that. Yeah. And if you had given yeah. me seven and one and also give me the quarterbacks that they played, it would have taken me eight guesses to get to Zach Wilson being the loss. I'd be like, yeah, okay. They lost a Baker. Oh my God. Can that's it, incredible. They, I didn't they lost a Mac. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait. They lost to Zach Wilson. Yes, they did. Man, that Jets team just yanks you down into the mud and makes you play slot ball. Goodness gracious. I hate that team so much. Uh, we were talking about Jalen Hurts before the break. I just uh, uh, best game by EPA per drop back and and and, and uh, uh, unbelievable game. Three hundred yards, four touchdowns. You know what I just remembered? He limps every time he tries yeah. to move. 
The, yeah. the, they have the um in in the third quarter they have the deep ball to, to uh, Devonte Smith on third down. He's called a catch on the field. The entire commander's sideline was like, no, 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 no. So the Eagles start to rush to the line. And you'll notice uh, Jalen Hurts starts tapping his fist together while he's jogging up to the line. The Eagles did this last year against the Niners in the NFC Championship game. Devontae Smith had a catch that was called a catch, but probably wasn't a catch on the field. And so Devontae came back to the huddle tapping his fist together. And that was an Eagles. uh, It's a a sign to say, hey, get up. and just We're going to snap it. We're going to run a play. We're going to make sure they can't review this. So Hurts... Taps his fist, like, all right, hustle the line. And then he goes to hustle to the line. And he <laughs> looks like he's he, he, like a serious limp gait. And there, there are reports yeah. before the game that he's not on the injury report, but he's got a knee bruise. This sucks, this knee bruise. I mean, he, like, we've been talking about it since early in the season. He is not moving. We were used to seeing him moving. I like, like, long-term view. Eagles are 7-1. This is great. Everything's incredible. I would like for the franchise quarterback to not look gimpy the whole season. This is like a, a this is absolutely a thing to watch and care about. Like every time he gets hit near the legs, I freak out. It's worrisome, man. Yeah, he had a scramble early on, and he's and he and you can see he's gonna, he's like I'm turning the corner. Should I go for it or not? And he goes for it, and he actually hits another gear, and he gets the first down. And then they show him on the sideline, and whether he's like walking back to the huddle, and I'm like. Oh boy, he, he just a huge limp. Yeah, absolutely limping yeah. Uh, after he does that. So yeah, this was a little bit more of uh, pocket Jalen Hurts. I think I don't have the numbers in front of me. That's certainly what it felt like. I think uh, I think Nick Sirianni was talking about that a little bit afterwards. On the stat sheet, it has him down for how many rushes here? Four rushes for six yards. Again, I know one of those was a scramble. Did they have a yeah. did they have a brotherly shove that they converted? They, they or fumbled no? the second the fumble. fumble. Does that count shove. as a rush or not? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, d- yeah to, okay, in order yeah, to fumble yeah. it, you must possess right. the ball. Yeah. All right, yeah. so that's two, and I don't remember the other. He definitely did not. He didn't have a design run. No QB draw. I think, run, yeah, no I think he had a, like a sack that was like a one yard gain, zero yard gain, okay. right? Where it's like a sack, but not really. Um, he got. Yeah, I mean, he got chased down by a white defensive tackle. Man, like once <laughs> that happened, like I think it might have been Casey Tuhill. Tuhill. At first, I thought it was Matt Ioannidis. Matt Ioannidis isn't there anymore. No, I don't know who precisely it was. But he got like I think I remember like Tyler Larson. Like he got chased down I by think like it was two hill actually. Yeah, no, wait, Tyler Larson. Yeah, Tyler Larson's their center. It must have been two hill. Still, he got chased <laughs> down by a white defensive lineman. That is not supposed to happen to Jalen Hurts, man. I was like, all right, this guy is not healthy. And then yeah, and then he just threw for another two hundred yards. Uh Let's talk a little bit more about the offense here. Let's see. What else do I got here? Based on EPA per drive, it was their second best offensive performance of the season. Like I said, they averaged 2.7 yards per carry, 22 for 59, did not have a run longer than nine yards. Anything stand out with you with the run game? I always need to watch the film on the run game. I guess part of it is the opponent knows that the quarterback is not a, a threat in the run game, so that limits some of what you can do. You can still use those runs, but if everyone knows, no, he's handing this off, um, that's going to affect it. Watching, I didn't feel like they were getting completely shut down. Like I thought Swift was running fine. I, I, I don't know. what Did anything stand out to you with the run game? I think I think Sua Pata stands out. Yeah. Not, in the, not necessarily the way that you want him to stand out and uh, in, in, in the running game. I think that they they it's not that Jurgens was like a high caliber player. Like they lo- they lost Lane. I think they just lost a functional piece, and so now you're kind of hiding some stuff. And when that happens, your menu gets a little bit smaller, and then Hertz can't run, and now your menu gets a little bit smaller still. So you're just not in in the in the the sort of game that you want to be in. Like if your quarterback's not a running threat, you want to run the ball from under center. Like that's how you want to be in the NFL. Quarterback can run, go in the gun. Quarterback can't run, go from under center. Well, the Eagles don't go under center much at all in this offense. Like they do it for the shove and that's about it. 
But without Hurts, it's the right running. They're kind of a shotgun run team, and that, that makes you pretty one-dimensional. Uh, and so the injuries to Jurgens and the injuries to Jurgens, Jurgens, I never remember. I still yeah. like that you still go with Jurgens, even though we've called him. We, I've, we, we've said it's Jurgens many a time, but that's okay. I like that. You do I, what you I, need I hope to do. he's okay with that. I always feel poorly. <laughs> um, so Jurgens, and then the injury to Hurts, I think, uh, uh, impact that. I also think, and like nobody wants to talk about this because it's lame and it sucks. I don't want to be the guy who talks about it, but whatever. This is kind of more the DeAndre Swift that I expected to get relative to the guy week two, week three. We're just like a couple runs a game. He runs full steam into a green jersey. And you're like, dude, <laughs> slow down, chill out. Like you don't have to, you know, do like he had, he had such the, the Vikings game and the Buccaneers game. He had such nice vision. He still does. Like I think still overall, he has more positive plays with better vision and good job hitting the hole. He had like a hurdle in tight space. Like the athleticism is still very much there and they clearly trust him, right? It's It's been 16 carries, 15 carries, 10 carries against the Jets, game script, 17 carries, 14. Like he's earned the bell cow role. But over the last few weeks, it's been more like, okay, this is a mortal running back, right? This is a guy who has his positives and then also has his weaknesses. So he's producing a little bit more Miles Sanders-esque uh, uh, overall game lines than anybody else. I think he's still clearly more dynamic. Like, we've already seen that. We know that to be true. And then even in his shakier games, he's had, like, runs of, like, 10 plus, 15 plus, 20 plus yards. So he still has that that second gear that Sanders really never brought. But this is more the Swift I expected to see. With it. Like, there was a run first half. I don't recall precisely when it was. But he just full steamed in, 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 into his offensive line and he got tackled for, like, a yard. You're just like, dude, like, you're jacked up. You're excited to play. We're all excited to have you here. Like, you can chill out a little bit. That was more of the Swift I expected to see when they traded for him. So I think you're getting some of that too. I would have to see that in this game. I feel like overall, I haven't seen that as a major issue. I feel like he's done a good job uh, getting those tough yards inside and very little of the when they uh, don't have rushing success has been on him, but we'll see uh, if that was a factor in this game. Overall, I've been very impressed uh, with with DeAndre Swift. I haven't seen a lot of that mild, the stuff that Miles Sanders uh, used to get crushed for. Uh, Opeta, I agree with you. I think I, I said yeah. this last week where like your backup comes in and you're like, you kind of just don't want them to kill you. And that's kind of what he's doing. But there is like, there's definitely a pretty big gap, I think, between Jurgens uh, and Opeta. And I think that probably shows up more in the run game uh, than the passing game. So I think that's been yeah. a factor as well. And then, yeah, of course, I mean, when Hertz isn't going to be a factor uh, in the run game, then that's going to uh, affect your scheme yeah. as well. And it's a good reminder that, hey, even when Jalen Hurts is having bad passing games, like, if he is full strength with the lower body and able to run the ball, like he's still impacting the the game uh, in a big way, which we probably forget yeah. sometimes. He was pretty good well. outside of the pocket in this game too, throw it in the football, which can, I think was a, a very fair criticism of him, like in the Jets game a couple a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, looking at excuse me, looking at EPA per rush uh, with Jurgens in right, they were negative point two five against the Patriots, bad day, but then point two eight against the Vikings, point one six against the Buccaneers. They were dead neutral on zero in the Commanders game when he went out, and since then. 0.03, 0.07, and then negative 0.69 in this game. Like, they just not have been a high-ceiling rushing offense since he, he left out. Some of that is, like, you know, uh, correlation causation stuff, but that's just what's, what, what, what's occurring right now. That's what you're seeing. All right, other stuff here with the offense. Uh, I thought huge drive, end of the first half. They go 65 yards. Hertz is 7 for 7 
on that drive, two big games gains to Devontae Smith, uh, and then AJ Brown with the touchdown catch there. So that cut the lead to 14-10 uh, going into halftime. It was a good Devontae Smith game. I mean, it's going to get overshadowed when AJ Brown's doing what AJ Brown does. But uh, mm-hmm. what did what did Smith have? Seven for 99 and a touchdown. Uh, he had a big grab on the fourth and four with the one you're talking about. Where then they did you think that was a did you think that was de- not definitely not a catch? Like I felt like the announcers were like. Oh, if they could have challenged that, I was kind of on the fence. I don't know. Would, would that definitely have gotten overturned? Do you think? I don't think so. I saw. I they saw like two replays of it. I was like, all right, like there's been like you yeah. can probably argue something, but usually on those, like when you're like, all right, like maybe you can argue it. It's gonna stand, like you know, right? It's not conclusive video evidence, whatever the phrase is. Yeah. Right. I thought that was gonna that was gonna stay uh, if they got it to review, but I do prefer the policy of let's just get up there and snap the football, and we'd we'd prefer to have second and ten from the twenty eight. Then potentially end up having a turnover on downs. Like we'll 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 spend the down to prevent the challenge. That, in my opinion, is like a positive expected value every single time. Just don't let the red flag get down. It's a smart call. Sign of smart players and a well coached team. I think we said I think we said this during like the Niners game in the uh, yeah. like, that you were just alluding to. Yeah, that's a good sign when everybody understands right away what's happening and gets to the lo- situational and, and Ron Rivera's over there. Like I'm not quite. Uh, I don't, I'm just gonna hold back on. I'm not gonna say anything. Ron Rivera is like a nice, nice guy. I'm just not quite sure what he does on the on the sidelines there. All right, I had to say something. That's Jack Del Rio. I uh, complained about the the one the one pass interference call late, which he yeah, had. He was justified. I thought it was a pretty ticky tack call. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and they get Jack Del Rio on the on the camera on the shot right, and he's like screaming, he's losing his mind. I'm like, hey, Jack Del Rio's here. <laughs> they they had to put him on camera once. I was like, that's right. I always forget you are still coaching oh in the league, God. and you're the defensive coordinator of the Commanders for some reason. Congrats you're, to you. You're so right about that. They never, which they never showed. He's the least shown coordinator because he, well, I think it's we not interesting, why. right? Yeah, everybody well, knows and him, he, and he's a, and he could be, and he's a little problematic. He got fine for he's quite yeah. problematic, and he's <laughs> yeah. not like a good. Um, it's not a good camera, right? Like, you know, you're likely to get like some guys like having fun, doing some good stuff, chat with guys. Jack Rio is just like pouting. There's nothing <laughs> engaging with that. That's so true. So, so, I wish someone ran a study which coordinators get shown the most. He would he would definitely be very low uh, on that list there. All right, what else did I have here? Uh, commanders just bust that coverage, leads to the, the Devontae Smith. Couldn't uh, figure out but, what the bust was there. I think it's me supposed neither, to be cover but three. Someone screwed up, yeah. I think it's supposed to be cover three, but also if it's supposed to be cover three, the underneath zone coverage is really weird. But also, the I don't freaking know what it is. Talk to me when I get the all 22. I'm surprised I ha- you have not gone on one of your like uh where you start making noises julio jones had a touchdown ben so you must have been losing your mind at that that was amazing that was exciting i loved how excited all the teammates were for that here's the best part about the fact that julio had the touchdown multiple people asked me who that backup tight end was <laughs> buddy Sorry, jackson yeah, I thought uh, 80, 80, who's that? Uh, I don't know. Grant Calcaterra got a concussion in this game. Who's tight end four? Who came up uh, off the roster for them? Nope, that's Julio. That route often is a tight end route, and the Eagles just ran it with a, with, the, with the receiver. But yeah, Julio's in the slot. He talked about it after the game where he was like, we've been working on that look. We expected that look. We knew it would work against, you know, what they typically give you in the red zone. When you get split field, you, you start to step down in the middle of the field. You're, you're about to crack block a linebacker. You make that linebacker step up because he's feeling run, and then you just whoop, you just climb to the post. You look climb right to the field goal post. They're gonna put it between two for you, and then it's a ball skills win, right? That's uh that's the sort of play that Olamide Zacchaeus can't make as your wide receiver three. 
but Julio Jones can. And so when you yeah, get at the that. six yard line, you say, all right, like we don't really like Lamade down here, but we do like Julio. And that's why I went and caught the guy. So yeah, the, the best part of that touchdown was just, yeah, watching Lane Johnson, Dial Scott are just sprint up. It's so, I love the self, like I love the, the, the genuine excitement is always so fun to watch. At first I thought it was like, there was a hit on Julio that everybody was like, and they were ready to fight. Right. The, I think AJ Brown might have been ready to fight because, as you said, he was AJ just Brown ready to was fight looking every, for a reason to yeah, hit a he corner. Was looking, he, he wanted to fight every commander's defensive back in both They are going to take the mic'd up footage of AJ Brown in this game and like lock it in Fort Knox. I'm going to make my life work to find it to figure out what he called these quarterbacks. <laughs> Holy smokes, they were talking. Yeah, so he might have been looking to fight them. Everybody else ran over uh, to celebrate, and that was uh, that was pretty awesome. Julio Jones catching a touchdown for the Eagles in 2023. This was not something that I saw coming. Uh, how about the changeup on the brotherly shove for the uh, last touchdown? Were yep. you surprised that they broke it out at the, broke it out here or break it out? Let other teams have to prepare for it, or what'd you make of that? Or you just need like, a uh, conversion there? So I, I don't mind that they broke it out. It's that ices the game, right? It's third and two. It's not like they did it on like first and goal, right? right. Like you know, it's still like a, a go get it spot. Um, and then then the um, the you know, film on it, prepare for it. I mean, like if you want to prepare for this, sure. Like firstly, the moment you, you do as much prep on you want if you're the Cowboys for a whole week, the moment the Eagles line up in the brotherly shove formation, guess what? All eleven players are going to be thinking about. They're going to be thinking about that. And even if 10 of them are thinking about the brotherly shove and the one corner to that side is thinking about, okay, what if I get the give? Well, like if you watch it, like the Eagles have Jack Stoll and Dallas Goddard on a corner and they have Mylotta and Dickerson going upfield with leverage on defenders. Like there could have been an extra two commanders. They could have been 13 on 11 and the Eagles are not scoring on it, but they're getting the first down. Like this is the, 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 the change up, the sweep, the pitch. Cause they've, this isn't the first time they've run a change up on it. They run like a pitch to gain well when he was down yeah. in the eye, like when he was back there. The pitch is very challenging to stop from a numbers perspective in the same way the sneak is a very challenging stop from a numbers perspective. And the Eagles have already shown that if you try to go like, okay, condense the A gaps, condense the B gaps, leave the C gaps blank and have like wide edges for the outside. So if you try to do the pitch, the edge can get upfield. The Eagles have shown they'll just sneak to the C gap. Jalen Hurts will just step over to where there's room. And then he'll get pushed that way. So you can't even really structurally try to take both away. Danged if you do, danged if you don't. Welcome to Philadelphia. There you go. Welcome to Philadelphia. Uh, let's see. Did I have anything else on the offense here? Uh, Sewell Petta did leave the game, uh, but he came back. Tyler Steen replaced him uh, when he left the game. We talked about the Hurts injury. Yeah, I don't know what to make. I mean, I think you get, you want to obviously get through the Cowboys game and win that game. Then he gets a bye. And I don't know. Does is, is two weeks rest? heal a bone bruise i have no idea but it can't hurt <laughs> i'd like two weeks rest <laughs> two weeks yeah i don't know well yeah you won't have to do we won't have to do an eagles post game pod in two weeks so you can't i mean i don't know that's i don't think you'll be getting two or four two <laughs> weeks rest but you won't have to do a post game pod um one thing i was thinking about when we look at this eagles offense is we are looking at it relative to last year's eagles offense and that's fair However, as you and I have discussed on like extra point taken and people have written about on the ringer is that like offense is kind of that is, is down this year league wide, right? In a number of metrics that you look at, 
Eagles right now are fourth in EPA per drive and fourth in success rate league-wide offensively in the NFL. They're third in points per game. Only two offenses are scoring more points per, per game uh, than then. So than them. So it's kind of good to look at it relatively. They're, you know, minor drop-off statistically, which there is one for sure, uh, compared to kind of other teams. And they're still a top five offense uh, by any metric you look at. How are you sort of feeling about them uh, offensively overall as we go into this Dallas game? Loving it. I mean, like you're feeling good, I, right? I think the like I've I've had complaints and concerns about Hertz's play that I think like largely have been like one offs and like okay, like it's trending this way, but then he picks it back up. I think people have had complaints and struggles with like Brian Johnson, and they've been legitimate for a moment. They've been legit for two quarters, four quarters, six quarters, but then he generally picks it up. Thought this was a great Brian Johnson game, by the way. Thought you saw the RPO game open up a little bit more, get a little bit more impactful than, than it has been previously, which is something that they were really good at last year and they've been missing this year. So I'd like to see that. Then people have complaints about like, you know, where's Devante? Where's Goddard? And I think that like as justified as that is from like a fantasy perspective, like the distribution is working. AJ Brown deserves to be setting records right now in terms of how he's playing. And like, it's tough to argue. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, right? Like when you're complaining about the Kenny Gainwell touches, you know, you're in a good spot in general offensively. And you're our, you're our leader. You were ahead of the curve with the complaining for Kenny Gainwell touches. Gainwell's their best pass protecting back, which is not good. It's bad that that's true, but it is. And because he is, they're going to continue to get him reps on first down and second down as a running back and as an actual receiver so that they can justifiably, you know, claim and and posit to opposing defenses. Oh, we might give him the ball. Oh, he might go out on a route because you can't just put him in a pass back and then he only does that. So they're going to continue to invest in him and they really like him and you just have to deal with it. Like they just... Think about the other Philadelphia sports and the the deals with the devil you have to sign to get good football and then accept the fact that the deal you have to sign with the Eagles devil is that Kenny Gainwell gets five touches and then you're happier. That's how I'm doing it. Poor Kenny Gainwell. If you're listening to this, Kenny, it's nothing personal, you know. But I thought you were the one who was like, "And you're our resident Kenny <laughs> Listen, Gainwell hater." You're the one who I thought it was, lined him up. I, I thought it was a great explanation from you. I'm just, I was just picturing Kenny Gainwell being a fan of the pod and being like, "Come on, man, we're Listen, you know, we've lost as ever, as, as regular listeners will know during the postseason." I was like, "All right, Kenny, like this is what people have been working on you for, like what you've been working on." Like he became their guy down down the postseason stretch. He's a good pass protector for his size. Well done. Hand the ball off to DeAndre Swift. I agree. All right. Eagles defense. A week after what I thought, was, what we both said was the best defensive performance of the Nick Sirianni era. They come back and they give up 26 first downs and 472 yards to the Washington Commanders. Sam Hal cooks them. For most of this game, I mean, 39 for 52 for 397, four touchdowns and an interception. Ben. He dropped back to pass 55 times and they sacked him once mm-hmm. in this game, which that feels like it cannot even be real. Like I have to go double check that a hundred times. They were even running the ball uh, when they needed to 16 times for 84 yards. This is funny. Based on EPA per drive, the Eagles two worst defensive performances of the season game one against the commanders. Game two against The, the, the commanders have scored over 30 <laughs> points three times. They've done oh it against God. the Broncos in week two. All right, and the Broncos before this Chiefs game were a like the worst defense by DVOA ever, and then the other two times have been against the Eagles, and then they've scored like twenty four against the Falcons, seven against the Giants, three against the Bills, twenty against Gannon and the Cardinals. It's like <laughs> it's unreal how how 
successful Eric Bieniemy is. I think a lot of it is Bieniemy. I really, really do. I agree. How with successful Bieniemy is against Desai right now, and just the way that this this defense works. I um when they won that Dolphins game, I, I was very impressed by the performance. We talked a lot about the rush and talked a lot about the disruption and the timing. I was very reticent to say like they did something schematically that changed the world because they didn't. No, they kind of kept Miami. it simple. Yeah. And that's the thing. is, And that's why they come out against the commanders and it's not like they're, they're still shredding because they don't do anything crazy schematically. Like the addition of Kevin Byard, even like on, on one week's notice, I think it doesn't necessarily like simplify the, the, the coverage menu. It's just like Byard's not like aggressively closing on routes because he doesn't know like, how the spacing is going to exactly work there. You haven't played with the guys, right? Like you can say like, oh, it's, you know, cover A and you play this court, whatever. It's just it, the timing of it's different. The spacing of it's different. Like everything is a little bit nicky-nacky. And so you can't just drop a guy in there and expect it all to be the same. And so like their, their spacing and zone was as like was prototypically abysmal. It was really, really, really bad. And then whenever the commanders would get a matchup on a guy, like you could tell like the enemy was in Howell's head on like, all right, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna three by one. We're gonna move the tight end. If Sidney Brown follows the tight end, we are throwing the ball to him. And like, if Reed Blankenship rotates down, if you see thirty-two, anyone in your line of scrimmage, we throw the ball at him. Like, like it's just we're gonna pick and choose our spots. And they did so with a plum, right? I mean, Howell at the end of the first half, he was he was sixteen for seventeen before their final drive of the first half, and at halftime, he was averaging one point nine three time to throw. Like that is. Ooh. Unbelievable in terms 1. of how 0.93. Wow. Under two seconds time to throw. And then and averaging six air yards. No, so not averaging like two, which is how right. most people would do it if they were throwing the ball that fast. Getting the ball out quickly and then still actually like generating some push down the field. Now that number cratered a little bit. I have to pull up the full game number because he started to take sacks. They started to have to get back in the game and he was holding on to the ball more. But that first half was just so much about like, hey, we know there's gonna be room in the middle of the field because you don't have athletes here. Uh like, you know, like Cunningham is long, but he's not quick. Uh, Nicobe Dean is quick, but he's not long. Sidney Brown is a rookie. We can move this guy wherever we want. Reed Blankenship is like a fine player. He can't cover Jahan Dotson, right? He can't win consistently against Logan Thomas. Like these guys are going to win for us. Uh, and and, and Howell was just on his first read, on his first read, on his first read, on his first read, all the way down the field. Only in the second half when the Eagles controlled the ball a little bit more on offense, let the defense get a little bit fresher, uh, and then got uh, uh, got a key sack in the fourth quarter, got a key turnover on the turnover on downs, were they really able to pull things away? It's really, yeah, it did kind of feel like, the, are we sure Johnny Gans didn't sneak in here for this game? It did kind of feel like a jet when they were flashing all those, all those Sam Howell numbers in the first half. I'm like, did Johnny Gans steal the headset or something uh, for this game? And then this Tim McManus, uh, uh, tweeted out this stat from Next Gen Stats. Sam Howell was 23 for 25 for 270 yard, 207 yards and two touchdowns when the Eagles played zone today. 92% completion rate. I mean, that's a Johnny yeah. Gans uh, staple right there. But I agree with you. I didn't think it was, it wasn't like one person. I mean, yeah, it was Sidney Brown. It was James Bradbury. It was uh, Reed Bla I thought until Blankenship's interception, I was like, ooh, Blankenship is having a rough game here. It was certainly the linebackers. I mean, the middle of the field felt wide open. Uh, and I do think you're right to give Eric Bienemy credit. I mean, they go into this gate, these two, both these games against the Eagles, and we're like, listen, we're not going to be able to block these guys. And our quarterback takes sacks on 14% of his dropbacks. We better try to do something to help him out. And they did do that, whether it's getting the ball out quickly, whether it's screens to the perimeter, uh, whether it's moving the pocket, all those things. So, yeah, I do think the enemy's gotten the better of Desai really in both of these uh, matchups. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, Commander, Commanders had 11 possessions, uh, four touchdowns, a field goal. 
two punts, three turnovers on downs, and an interception. And by the way, I mean, there was that one key possession down uh, the stretch there where Terry McLaren, those were like two balls that I think he usually will catch. I'm not saying they were easy. I'm not saying they were perfect passes, but it was a third down and a fourth down where he had his hands on both of them, didn't come up with either of them. So yeah, this could have looked uh, even a little bit worse, I think. Those are bad throws by Howell. Commanders fans got mad at him. He could have caught those. Come on. He could have, but those are bad throws. He like, should like, catch him. 20 that, that's like hero. Year. That's the sort of stuff that mean that's that's why Terry's top 20 and not top 10, if we're being honest. Um, but yeah, like those like Howell's gotta put better balls. It's a key situation, man. You gotta put a good ball on your guy. Uh I found I got the numbers. Time to throw for uh, Sam Howell average over the first seven weeks, 2.78 seconds. In this game, 2.41. Three tenths of a second is a big difference. That is a big, big, big jump. This is his uh, fastest time to throw game uh, of the season comfortably. It's also his high, highest success rate. You know, like this, their offense has been largely predicated on explosives. They'll they'll take a sack. They'll get to second and seventeen, but they'll hit you for a thirty-five yard throw. Right. This this game, they were uh, a lot more comfortable just moving the football in the passing game, and that is not how you want your defense to be able to perform against Sam Howell, right? And 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 again, I think a lot of that is the enemy. And I think, you know, they're going to run into Mike McCarthy next week. I don't think McCarthy is going to be as successful scheming his guys open, right? Like the use of motion and whatever. But I, I do agree, like you said, did, did Jonathan Gannon sneak into the room? Eagles, uh, on Howell's dropbacks, there was a DB in the rush on 4% of the dropbacks. So they really didn't send too many guys on the blitz. It's hard to get true blitz numbers from true media because if you do like, five rushers and includes the reps so they have five down defensive line if you include linebacker in the rush well true media is going to count us on reddick as a linebacker so if you just look at like db in the rush only four percent of the dropbacks that's pretty low in terms of of, of what howell's seen over the course of the season and what the eagles have done uh they just didn't really get aggressive dialing him up probably could have done that a little bit more probably could have pressed a little bit more but again like if you're pressing you're pressing with sam uh with with darius slay and you love it pressing with james bradbury and you're and you're cool with it and you're pressing with Eli Ricks? I mean, Eli Ricks can get picked on either way. You might as well let him go shove a guy. Uh, and may, may, maybe that'll help him out. So, I don't know. I think I think more aggressiveness could have been warranted in this game plan for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure they felt like going into this game, hey, our front is just going to kill their offensive line. Their offensive line has not been good. But when the ball's coming out that quickly, uh, your pass rush is probably yeah. not going to get I mean, there. They, they were uh, beating the brakes off Andrew Wiley for four quarters. It's just the ball's getting out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when Hassan no, Reddick no. had that sack, he was like, finally! Finally, yeah. <laughs> Hassan Reddick, last possession of every game, he's just like, I'll, I will end this. The closer, Kira Sedgwick. Yeah. You don't Hassan know Reddick Kira with Sedgwick two thumbs, is, man. Two thumbs Reddick over here, just cooking. <laughs> One thumb Reddick, high concern. Two thumbs Reddick, what a player. Uh, Kevin Byard plays every snap in this game. Comes right in. Every single, I was getting confused. I'm like, wait, Mario Goodrich, he's back. Oh, no, no, no. okay, that's Kevin Byard. Like, there was yeah. an early play where Byard was on. It might have been um, Logan Thomas, and he got beat inside. And I'm like, Goodrich. Hey, no. Oh no, no, this is the new guy, Byard. All right, uh, let's see. Other snap counts. Blankenship was back. Him, Bradbury, Slay, uh, and Byard. All four of them play every snap here. Nicobe Dean plays 49 snaps, and Nicholas Morrow plays. 25 so there's still like a little bit of a rotation there uh, among the linebackers Sidney Brown plays 39 snaps uh, mm-hmm. in this game Eli Ricks plays 23 snaps uh, in this game so still a lot of mixing and matching there in the yeah. secondary uh, Jordan Davis had the hamstring I think it was a hamstring injury during the week he played in this game but only played 17 snaps Jalen Carter left the game with a back injury so he only played uh, 16 snaps 
in this game. Those are the the main, and, and this is not official. This is what true media has right now. Those could change a little bit um, by tomorrow. Any yeah. The, surprise uh, you? What stands yeah, out? Jordan Davis, like I saw, I, call, I saw Jordan Davis like jogging for the sideline asking for a replacement like three or four times, which just to me is just like, he clearly was like a lot less than a hundred percent. Um, they had they lost Milton Williams for a bit, and then you think he came back into this game. Their defensive yes. line depth is so great that the fact that they can sustain all of that is, is a big deal. Was very interested to see how the Reed Bayard rotation was going to work. Uh, both of them play all of the snaps. It looked to me like they uh, had Bayard largely at weak safety, or large yeah weak safety, largely at free safety, and then then Reed's playing strong, which not where Reed was playing a lot previously. Uh, he's, he's done it before. They'll rotate their safeties. They do funky stuff. So it's not like unheard of, but they are asking Reed to change a little bit to a, a fit Bayard in, which makes sense. Um, and then when Sidney Brown's coming in as that third safety, right? Because you have all the snaps for Bayard, all the snaps for Reed. He's coming in as like the slot, right? He's coming in as, as the slot player. And if I knew every play was a run, Sidney Brown would be the best slot defender in the league because he's just a bat out of hell. Great Sidney Brown game in terms of Thumb Big hits, yeah. yeah. Young man, LA Wood, he likes to hit a little bit. I like that when a Cindy Brown, he's fun to watch. However, I do not know that every play is a run or like a screen or something. Uh, and I and in, in space, Sydney's just not, he's a tight mover. It, it's just he's, he right now, Cindy Brown is a point and shoot player, you don't really want him turning. Uh, and so that that experience with him at nickel, I think situationally that'll be a good package, but I don't think that'll be somewhere you want to live against like a pass heavy team. That's a great city Brown and Nichols great when you play the Niners, right? He just shoot, 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 shoot. Yeah, good George point. Kittle reaches for a route, just hit him, ah, like you know, whatever. Against like the Cowboys, when the Cowboys put you know all these spread formations out there and they put Brandon Cooks in the slot and CD Lamb in the slot, that scares me a little bit. So situation, I think that's good. Uh, I don't think you'll see that as like a primary usage for for Sydney in a lot of games. We'll see. Yeah, I'm looking this up now. Uh, all of his snaps came on first and second down, so it was a, it was uh, yeah, it was very much. Defined role, 39 out of 39 snaps came on first and second down for Sidney Brown when it's an obvious passing situation. Third down, uh, they took him off the field. I will say that obviously we, you know, decide deserves to get, you know, criticized for this game. I do like his willingness to mix it up, mix and match. This guy on early down. Decide? This guy on pass. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Think, remember yeah. where we were last year where it'd just be like, okay, well, can you just put Nakobe Dean on the field so we can see exactly. what it might look like? Right. Yeah. Versus now, it's like, all right, you're putting a lot on the field for us to see. He's willing to see everybody. If you're dressing, you're getting out there. If you have a a jersey on, you're playing in some back. Mario Goodrich, you ever play safety in college? Get out there, son. (laughs) It really is true. I mean, they play so many guys. They play 20 guys on defense. I don't I don't I'm trying to think of what an average is. That feels like a lot. 20 guys. Listen, uh, 20 game season. All right, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Gotta keep the legs fresh. It's also good from a, uh, a cultural perspective. You know, everybody feels like they have some role that you're not just out there to play special teams, that you're going to uh, be out there to do something if you earn yep. it, if you prove it during the week. Now, that can burn you. I'll be ripping them next week if one of these guys is on right. the field on a key third down. Right. But you is know it, what I mean. Is it good for culture because everybody's contributing? <laughs> yes. Is when Nolan Smith gets <laughs> ragged in meetings for being bad, dropping into coverage for the fourth week in a row. Is it going to be as good for culture? Maybe not. Nolan, maybe maybe the rookie's got to take his lumps. Desai drops him at least once a game, and he gets targeted every time. He has no idea where he's going. He's doing his best. I love him. Congrats to Nolan. 
And and again, like you know, you uh, you got to see what the rookie can do. But it's always a funny rep when 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 six four Nolan Smith's back there wearing three, just hoping he's in the right spot. My favorite Nolan Smith moment today was when he ran into Britton Covey on the punt return. Did you catch this? No, I missed, missed it. it. Yeah, uh, Britton Covey is going full speed ahead. And I can't remember if Nolan Smith was coming laterally. Oh, I found a cut. Com- I found a cut. Coming back, and they, he just bam whacked him. <laughs> bigger than Britain. holy smokes uh yeah then he was mad about it right away you could tell uh on there that was uh i thought that was oh man i'm so sad i missed this yeah that was one of the um one of the highlights all right what else do i have here oh i i wrote down classic blandino so we might as well get that out of the way uh that was on i believe what was this play where they initially ruled it a catch for the commanders and then they ruled it incomplete without a replay and then Rivera challenged it after they changed yes. the thing and then it still stood. Uh, and Jahan and Dotson was, was tweeting about it. Yeah. Oh, he was. Okay. See, I didn't see that. Yeah, Jahan yeah, that Dotson was- sent, sent a little like, hey, does anybody know what a catch is? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And it's like, all right, gotcha. Jahan, do something cooler than this. If you're going to get fined, man. Like, come on. I did think uh, Eagles fans would definitely be complaining if that happened to their team because that is that is always weird when they change the call before the uh you know before it's challenged and i didn't think it was necessarily conclusive there but yeah blandino talked for about seven minutes and didn't give an opinion uh until like you know they were like dean we're cutting off your mic in 10 seconds if you want to tell us what you actually think now would be the time he finally did so listen take some lessons from the official uh what what are those called rules analysts of uh, the the ringers podcast yeah Terry McCauley. Terry, my boy. What was his good one last week? You pointed out. He had a great one, didn't he? Or who, a friend texted did? me about it. Yeah, what game was yeah. it? Wait, well, wait, who, was well, Terry? Okay, so who oh, no, Terry does Sunday night. Week. So it was Eagles. It was the Eagles Dolphins. He oh, just yeah, came yeah. on. Yeah, it was. He, he, he was like, I got an incomplete, Chris. That ball hit the ground. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's not <laughs> memorable because it is brief. <laughs> it doesn't endure. It doesn't stick in the memory because it happens <laughs> and it's gone, which is how the rules analyst should be. <laughs> Uh, congratulations to everyone who had Eagles minus six and a half. If you had commanders plus six and a half in your column and you were saying, Ron Rivera, you're supposed to go for two after the first touchdown when you're down by 14, Ron, you're killing me. I thought I had a chance. I got killed this week. So like, I don't know where we are on our, our extra point taking bets, but I am getting, I am getting killed on my picks on the ringer.com. You are, it's been a real, it's been a real tough few weeks. I think just in general in, in the betting oh. world. Uh, yes, sir. You uh, you had a win with uh, Bengals plus four and a half against the Niners. You had a win, uh, okay. so you're good there. And you had a win with uh, under on your passing yards for, for Russell Wilson. So two. you put two points on the board this week. Yeah, uh, that's it. I put two on the board with Chargers uh, long shot against the Bears, notwithstanding. Uh, Logan Thomas being one of the the, the bets that I hit. yeah you nailed which, that he was he did he have that by halftime he was pretty close he was at he was at like thirty three on, on a thirty one and a half point okay. line so it depends on when you got it but yeah Logan Thomas got home for for I think most lines. Um, yeah, I mean, you could have taken many parts of the Washington Commanders passing game, it turns out. You didn't really need to go specific yeah. to the tight end, and you would have been <laughs> all right. All right. I'm trying to think. I think that's most of what I got. What's your, so what is your confidence? So now they've got this schedule here. Let me pull this up right now. They've got the There's Cowboys. one more thing I did want to, I did want to talk about defense. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Give it to me. Where, uh, like I said, like I, I've, I've been a little bit critical of, of, uh, of reading this game in the middle of the field coverage of this game. Uh, you're getting beat up, beat up, beat up, beat up. It's discouraging. It's frustrating stuff. Tie game, second and 15 for the Commanders, uh, 24-24, fourth quarter. And you know you, you know something. 
right? James Bradbury is tight on the glance route. Nicobe Dean gets tight on the glance route. Reads right there on the glance route. Ball's a little inaccurate interception inside the 20-yard line. It's game-deciding play. And um, it's hard. Like, uh, it's easy to second-guess those, and it's easy to get penalties on those when you've been losing to them all game, all game, all game. One key play, one key turnover, huge difference maker in this one. That play was like, uh, it was great by Babray. It was great by Dean. Closed the window, made that throw more challenging, and then reads in the right spot for the overthrow interception. Just good, solid, excellent team football from guys like Bradbury lost on an interception. Reed had been losing in coverage. Nicobe had been losing in coverage. Everybody picks up their slack. We talk a lot about the offense being extremely clutch. Very clutch play defensively by some young players, and then the veteran Bradbury. So that play right there, yeah. that game, it could be a potentially game deciding play. If, you know, if you get a stop and you get the punt and it's eight minutes left and it's your offense and they're going to run the whole clock out and you're win by three. Sure. It's a lot nicer to get the ball in the 15. That's, that's a little better. Yeah, you're right. That was a huge play that, that should have, uh, that should have come up earlier. And yeah, like I said, Blankenship was not having a great game, but he comes through and that all the guys like you, like you just mentioned, that's a good point. None of them, the defense was getting lit up, but they needed to stop there. They got to stop there. Blankenship, um, had the interception. So, uh, yeah, you're right to point that out. All right. What I was going to ask you is your confidence level in the defense. You've got the Cowboys, the chiefs, the bills, the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks <laughs> coming up here. Woo, baby. That those are some, they're either good quarterbacks or they're well-schemed offenses. Every single one of them, uh, in some cases, both of those things. What's your confidence level in uh, in Desai, the defense, mm-hmm. the personnel, everything <laughs> as they uh, as they enter this stretch after the last two weeks? Like we said, one great game against the Dolphins, one bad game against the Commanders, and then the the first eight games overall. I'm overall not confident in the secondary. I don't think their secondary is very good. They're also seven and one, and they keep winning games. So at this point, I'm reaching old man yelling at cloud territory, right? Where it's like, <laughs> ah, be better, and it's like, ah, we're good enough. I mean, fair. Um, I think that in order to beat the Cowboys, they're going to have to have a really good offensive performance because I, I would be surprised if they have the caliber of defensive performance necessary to really take the wind out of the Cowboys' sails. You, high pressure game, like defensive line dominance maybe does it. But like the, the game they achieved against the Dolphins, which again, like no one had really slowed down the Dolphins like that. I don't want to minimize that game at all. But the Dolphins' offense is like a finely tuned machine. You get a couple grains of sand in there. You can kind of, the whole operation kind of bust itself a little bit. The Cowboys, like Dak, CD, like they're just are, are, are a, a much harder, uh, you can't just like, lampoon them right you can't just like hit them once and then they fall down like they're 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 gonna sustain a little bit they're gonna find their matchups you know they're gonna have a turnover and come back in the next drive and be productive uh, and so i think that that i'd be surprised if the cowboys don't score a lot of points i think the same is true of like when they face the niners when they face the bills like i think i think they're just gonna have to win these games by scoring a lot of points on offense i also think they are extremely capable of doing that on any given sunday through any given offensive weapon running or passing the football independent of how well some of their stars are playing like they can have a bad hurts game and be fine they can have a big, uh, uh, Lane Johnson is gimpy game and be fine. Like they, they can sustain that. They just have so much talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and so I have some doubt on the defense, but I don't want to overstate that doubt because at this point, like they're they're doing enough to scrape by, and the and the pass rush is is a difference making unit. And then offensively, they're they they fill in the gaps and they fill in the gaps in a variety of ways. So it's really really tough to doubt that unit overall. Uh, power rankings this week: Are Eagles your number one team? Are Eagles my number one team? Good question. I'm trying to think of who 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 it would be here. Um, yeah, it's got it's got to be them. Over I, the- I think I think they I think they're the most reliable team in the right. NFL. 
They're the most yeah. reliable team in the NFL, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, the Chiefs looked bad today. The Bills are still up and down. The Ravens are probably up there. They're kind of I kind of like view them in a similar vein yeah. as the Eagles um, right now. Bengals you last I, few weeks. Whew. Yeah, oh, the Bengals are coming. I have a feeling we're talking about that tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> the Jags, you and I have been on the same page, and I kind of felt the same way about them today. I'll take a closer five look. wins in a row. Ben and Sheila are not impressed, and and we are and we are two people who were in on the Jaguars coming into the season, so we would like to be impressed and be all in. We'll see what the Lions do on Monday night, but the Eagles are better than them. Yeah, the not. I mean, listen. Kyle Shanahan's face when Brock Purdy makes a mistake, like, isn't that defli- is You don't want your coach to look like that, right? Isn't that sort of like, I don't know. I feel like he should fix that. I feel bad for Brock Purdy when that happens. I'm like, come on, the guy has played like very well for you. He makes a mistake and he looks over and Kyle Shanahan just has that look on his face. So Niners are now five and three, three in a row. Yeesh, that's yeah. wild. The way, like, Kyle, you know Kyle was raised by a football dad with how good yeah, he is at making right. people feel bad just oh. by sideline behavior. Like he, he's by that guilt, that I'm, surprised, I'm surprised he wasn't raised by uh, Indian parents with the way he's able to guilt the little guy. Oh, yeah? I mean, that's, that's, and that's in our, our playbook. But yeah, you're right. You're, you're, that's exactly what it has to be, right? When his dad wanted to make him feel bad when he was like six, <laughs> he just went back to his sideline behavior. Like he went, Mike went back to the sideline coding. That's all Kyle's ever seen. When Purdy threw the second pick, he jogged back into the sideline right next to Kyle. Kyle refused to look at him. No eye contact the whole time. It's oh. wild. Oh. Yeah, those camera shots are brutal. He's a oh second-year player, Kyle. Seriously, honestly. Yeah, he's a boy. He's a little boy. And, and your defense is getting lit up here. You know, it's not all on him, although, you know, these interceptions in the fourth quarter. Um, but yes, to answer your question, I think they deserve to be uh, first. They're 7-1. and one. They're the only one-loss team. These other teams haven't been uh, as impressive. So my answer would be yes. So there you go. Eagles, number yeah. one in Ben and Shields. But power we've, we've said it from the beginning. <laughs> This is the proving ground, man. Like the Dolphins were the appetizer. Yeah. What an appetizer they were. They were a very difficult team to beat. Did not think the Eagles would beat them. The Eagles did. Hats off to them. It was a huge, huge, huge win. Now the rubber hits the road, right? It doesn't really let up after this. And the Commanders as a let up isn't even really a let up because the Eagles can't beat the Commanders for whatever reason. But this mm-hmm. upcoming schedule, I mean, this is a murderer's row. Like this is, this is, this is the gauntlet here. And we're going to learn a lot about the team in terms of, okay, they're going to run into a game where like AJ Brown gets kind of stopped. Like, not stop, stop, but he only has 65 yards. What happens then, right? They're going to run into a game where uh, they uh, they the pass rush is complete, completely neutralized. They kind of did in this one, right? Neutralized for most of the game. What are they going to do there? And, and we're going to start to learn about some of their answers and 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 and, and where they really can lose, uh, where they can be weak, what their Achilles heel is. Because right now, like, even when they get hit, they tend to bounce back in another spot and beat you through four quarters. So we're going to learn a lot about this team. And if they come out of this run with, like, still, like, a two-loss, three-loss team, we're going to be talking about a trip to Las Vegas, Shiel. All right, so give me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do the whole win loss thing, but this stretch. So Cowboys by Chiefs at Chiefs, Bills, Niners at Cowboys at Seahawks. Six games, weeks nine to fifteen. Oh man, it's gonna be fun. I, I, you know, I know Eagles don't like having like the just a section of their schedule be this, but from a content perspective, I mean, what yeah. else can you ask for? There's there's juice to all these games. 
you think they will come out of this stretch with how many games and you would like them to come not I, I know you want them to come out six and oh but what's like the number where you're like i'll be feeling really good about them if they have this many wins and then how many wins do you think they come out of it uh with i'll, I'll go over it one more time while you think about that home against dallas at the chiefs home against the bills home against the niners at the cowboys at the Seahawks. I think every one of those teams would make the playoffs. Yes, if the playoffs uh, began right now, and really not just playoffs. I think like th- these are these are all legitimate teams. All right, what do you got? Those six games. I think they go three and three. I you think feel good. F- uh, I'll, I'll feel oh, good. You, if they go oh, f- you think they? W- you think they will go three and three? Three and three. I'll feel okay. good if they go like four and two. You know what I'm saying? Like a oh, lot of yeah. it depends on the character of the losses and to whom they lose. I think three and three is just like. You play six very hard games, you flip a coin for six of them. Like, that's just the nature of it. Like, if they split with the Cowboys, that's so totally fine. And there's also a good chance we walk away from that split being like, this team is very legit because they split with a very good team and they lost for X, Y, and Z reason and they have X, Y, and Z injury and so on and so forth. I know the Chiefs just lost to the Broncos. I'm, I refuse to take any stock in a game in which Patrick Mahomes had the flu. Like, this is so Occam's razor to me. People are like, oh, the Chiefs? I'm like, listen, if the guy was sick and he was bad, like that to me... I'm also bad when I'm sick. I still think the Chiefs are scary. I still think the Bills are scary. Even after three losses, like Niners are going to have Debo and Trent Williams in that game. You're going to tell me you're with, with all the with all the way that game was charged up last last season, man. I mean that that uh, has more juice than the Chiefs Super Bowl rematch, probably right. That 49ers oh, game has the most juice. Oh yes, no, yeah, they're far our, too friendly the with base. the Chiefs for that game to have juice. Yeah. No, Niners is going to be like choked to the game with te- with knives between your teeth, man. I mean, like that's going to be something. Uh, they don't play a one o'clock game until December 31st. Wow. Four o'clock against the Cowboys, oh primetime against the Chiefs, four o'clock against the Bills, four o'clock against the Niners, primetime against the Cowboys, four o'clock against the Seahawks, four o'clock against the Giants in week 16 and week 17. They have the Gannon watch rematch against the Cardinals at 1 p.m. Yeah, that that is worth mentioning. They closed the season Giants Cardinals at the Giants. So yeah, yeah that's a pretty just, nice just, way to just get out of this stretch yeah. in position to hold the one seed. So all you gotta do. And then that's three true. games, just coast. Giants, Cardinals, Giants is gonna be beautiful. Yeah, which is why you really the Cowboys games are the biggest one just from an analytical what's most important for them getting to the Super Bowl. If you go four and two, but you lose both those Cowboys games, I mean that then then it becomes uh well, okay so pick one of the two they sweep the cowboys or they beat the niners which one would you ra- which one do you think is more important to them and which one do you think you, you you'd rather see uh sorry what were the two options sweep the cowboys two or beat of the, the cowboys or beat the niners you can only pick one which one's more important and which oh, one would I think you rather sweep, see sweeping the cowboys is gonna be is easily more important and I don't, yes. I'm, I'm trying to think of what's, what's the best for con, what would be the best for con. I think, I, feel, I think <laughs> absolutely demolishing the Niners would be so good for this team. I think that might be our most listened to Imagine putting if they thir- beat the they, Niners they, they put, by like 30. Exactly. They beat the Niners by 30 and the Niners whined the entire time. Got a yeah, rule change true. because of it. Can you imagine if they walk in that game fully healthy? Like Brock is healthy. Debo's healthy. Trent is healthy. The Eagles have like four injuries, right? Like they got like, you know, like, like you know, Cam is still out and like Slay's out for whatever reason. Like, like a couple of people banged up and the Eagles still just run them. That you, you're yeah. immortal at that point. Like you die, it, the, the juice entering the home stretch, unparalleled levels. That I think that Niners game might be, be like critical for them. Yeah, that's going to be like an, 
I don't even know what to compare it to. I'm trying to think of like the biggest regular season games I've ever gone to. I mean, that is going to be a wild, raucous, like we are here to inflict pain on our opponent uh, type game. That's December 3rd at 425. That's going to be a fun one. All right. I think we covered it all. What a stretch coming up. It will be uh, a lot of fun. All right. Thank you to Ben Solak. Remember, you can listen to Solak and I on Extra Point Taken on the Ringer NFL feed after Monday Night Football. We also do a Friday show uh, on there. Thank you to Ace Producer Cliff Augustine. We'll be back with more shows this week as we get ready for the big matchup against the Cowboys. Appreciate everyone listening. We'll talk to you soon on the Ringer's Philly Special. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.